Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. I'm very excited to reconnect with Mike Hopkins on this podcast. He was one of our early speakers and returned recently to our retreat at Bellwether Farms to talk about family and a rock solid guy with an amazing uh, wife, Kristen, who they actually led our ISI marriage retreat that we did um, a few years back. And talking about his role as a, as a husband, as a father, as a disciple, and just talking about some of the things that he learned along the way. It's an amazing conversation. I, uh, I really hope that it benefits you. I think it will for sure. Uh, Mike's just one of those guys that just, he's you know, 12 years ahead of me and just trying to soak up every little bit of, of what he's got to say. So I hope you um, enjoy the conversation. This, uh, the purpose of the podcast really is just to capture what happens at the retreats. The retreats are a 24-hour space on Fridays from 1 p.m. usually till Saturdays at 1 p.m. Uh, Columbus, we do at 3 p.m. to 3 p.m. But it's a tw- only a 24-hour period, so it's a low impact to your family, but high impact in terms of what what we're going to do in the 24 hours. And so Mike was one of the speakers that came out and talked to us. And the the point of the podcast is to go back and capture the people who talk at the retreats. And you know, if there's maybe 35, 40 people who are at the retreats, but there's there's quite a few who've been to the retreats that we've been doing over the over the last five or six years that we've been doing them. And uh, Mike is just one of those awesome guys and talks about wisdom. And one of the things that we talk about is Ecclesiastes 10.10. It says, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. And I hope that the wisdom that Mike shares on this podcast helps you succeed, helps you not have to bang your head against the wall um, or run into things that maybe someone who went before you has already figured out. So without further ado, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mike Hopkins. All right, Mike. I'm pumped to be with you, buddy. <laughs> hey, back at you. Back at you. Thanks for having me, Nick. It was uh, it was great having you share at the most recent ISI retreat, talking about family. I really look up to you as, you know, many ways a business, uh, business advisor, but then even more importantly on the home front and, you know, what you've done and how you lead your family, how you and Kristen lead your family. So it was awesome to be able to, to just hear and, you know, kind of pull back the curtain and um, thankful to capture this and in this conversation for the ISI audience. So thanks again. Oh, you bet. I, like I mentioned when we were together, um, this is, a, this is a group of guys that, I mean, there's so many people who could talk about raising a family and, and this particular topic, it, it's humbling that you'd even consider to have me on. Cause I've got so much respect for you and the whole crew, um, around ISI and how you guys love your family and love your wives. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you also, you guys spoke at the, you know, the marriage retreat, um, a little while back and and that was super helpful for, for Nancy and I had to go through that together. So it's been, it's been interesting to see it in different, you know, different lenses and like business and marriage. But then, you know, this one was kind of multifaceted looking at the whole family, looking at, you know, the different roles that you have, um, you know, within, within family, um, not, you know, sure. not just, just as business or just as, uh, in your marriage. So yeah, you bet. It's awesome. Um, so for those who may be new to you, don't know you as well, give us a quick, um, a quick background. Yeah. Quick helicopter tour. So, uh, you know, I grew up in a a family that, that wasn't passionate about anything around God early days. We had a little bit of church going in our past, but nothing relationally until high school, um, had the opportunity at that point would have, uh, was a self-declared atheist, um, 
but saw some friends actually change for good, which was very unusual in a life that I was leading that was very fast and loose, um, very adrenaline driven and um, making lots of unhealthy choices. I knew that wasn't going anywhere fast and watched a couple guys change for good. And those guys uh, were kind enough, bold enough, courageous enough to, to introduce me to Jesus. And uh, it didn't take me too long uh, to go, oof, this is the, this is the way to go. So mm. w- way back when 1986, um, basically I dared God, I gave God one quarter to change my life. And that was a many quarters ago. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know how to pray, but I basically challenged God to change my life and he did forever. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. I met Kristen in high school and, uh, we were good friends in high school, didn't date till college. Um, and then, you know, kind of on the college front, ran a business in college, really enjoyed that and had a blast working with as a young life, uh, volunteer leader. Um, long story short, I mean, there's all kinds of things in between, but Chris and I had the opportunity to run a business here, uh, in the Cleveland area, plus across the U S commercially and, um, plant, plant a church, um, be a part of some cool things there. Uh, we were really blessed, um, to back up the, the camera a little bit starting in, uh, in 1996 to have our, our first of four boys. So we've got Will, Jack, Luke, and Mike, uh, Will is 27. We've got 25, 22 and 20. And then we've got Mariama who came into our life, um, really when she was five, but we adopted her from Sierra Leone, Africa in, uh, six years ago. And then since then, two are married, grandkid, all kinds of, all one on the way, just all kinds of great things going on there. And, uh, uh, so I'm real thankful for that and, uh, been very involved and thankful for CBMC and ISI and so many ministries like that have been so foundational in, in, in my growth, uh, and getting to know the Lord. Um, currently vocationally since, since 2015, uh, I work for an organization called Paul Davis Restoration. I know I'm logoed up, but I just happen nice. to be in the office for the interview. Um, and where I'm the chief operating officer there and get a chance to, to shepherd an organization with uh, 350 franchisees across the U S and Canada. So that's what I do home work. I don't know if there's any other details you want, but it's awesome. No, it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, I, I was thinking back to the first time I think I really spent time with you and was it Mikey at, uh, the golf camp? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was, Utopia. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably like at least 10 years ago. Sure. So it was fun to see your boys grow up and see the different facets of, you know, wrestling and sports and just how you interact with them is just super, super cool. Yeah. Really fun. So how did you, your, your title for the talk was, um, rock solid living life in motion. Mm. Yeah. Why did you, why'd you go there? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because <clears throat> you guys had, had talked a bit to me about maybe discussing family, you know, from the five F's and, 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 happy to do that. And the very first thing I think about is how without a good foundation, um, nothing, nothing works, right? It just, it just doesn't. Mm. And, um, but then, then, but also at the same time, while we've got the foundation, there's a lot going on around us. And I, I call that orbiting where, um, you know, we've got this foundation with, with, with Jesus at the center, um, and, and our wife, and then there's lots of relationship kids and then work and family and all these other relationships that kind of orbit around that all different distances, um, from the center. So really the idea is, you know, have a good core, have a good foundation, and then keep in mind that life is, life is moving on. Mm. Yeah. That was a great visual. I love the, the idea of like what you just said there, like right at the center, what's right at the, at the heart of it all. Um, it's hard for those other things to be spinning correctly without yeah. that foundation being, being right or spinning sure. correctly for long. Uh, yeah. 
So you started with talking about, uh, you kind of broken into different categories, disciple, husband, father. Right. Is there, let me just start with the first one there and, and why you, yeah. why you started with uh, disciple. Cause I mean, we talk about faith. We talk about God. Why did you start with the word disciple? Yeah. Um, you okay. If I back up one more step, yeah. I feel yeah. like be a disclaimer to anybody watching or listening. Um, but I just want to say like at, at age 53, um, I feel like what I'm sharing today, what I shared at the weekend is really what my 53 year old self would have told my younger self. Mm. And so um, a lot of this is what I figured out through what didn't work um, in addition to what I've been blessed to see work. So, but I, just in humility, I, I approached the topic, right? Just in, yeah. um, but unabashedly. So <clears throat> when you, you talk, did, about, you didn't have it figured out all along the whole, no, whole way. Way, no mistakes. It's so, it's so funny. Like everyone thinks everyone's got this whenever, whenever I've, I've watched and someone I respect, you know, I'm like, oh man, they must have this awesome master plan. The truth is like, no, they just did these few things. And that's kind of, as I remember when you guys asked me to talk about this, I'm like, I got nothing, man. I, I, and they're like, oh, no, 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 there's, there's something. And so I had to really dig in and I'm a really simple guy. So it really came down to those three things, you know, that really, I think there are, there are other things beyond that, but the, but the core really was, was disciple. And then this concept of, of husband and then father and in, and in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I think about, um, you know, all the stakeholders in our life, who's, who's impacted by us and what our priorities are like, man, I want to keep, I want to keep those priorities straight. So when, when you, when you think about this, this idea of, you know, being a disciple, making sure that we have a proper foundation, I really come back to, uh, Matthew chapter 10, where it talks about, you know, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Right. And that it goes on, it goes on to say that you've got to take, take up your cross daily and follow me. And, and, and that's what it's about, right? Like taking up that cross daily, following him. And then really considering we all, probably most of folks listening or watching might be familiar with, you know, the, the concept of, um, Jesus talking about, you know, basically, uh, build your house on a rock, right? Because rains come, uh, storms rise. Um, but everyone hears the words of mine, Jesus says, and puts them into practice, um, is they're the ones that have a house that continues to stand. And so that's, that's the thing that I would say is first and foremost. I mean, there's so many of us who, who we want a stable life. Um, it's our, it's our desire to kind of, kind of be on, on firm footing. And the reality is, is that we, we won't be unless Jesus is first. And some folks like I did early in my life, um, felt like we had it pretty well figured out. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this, this whole idea of really surrendering our life so that we can have a firm foundation is critical. And for me, the idea of being a disciple, I guess I, I heard it said somewhere, um, that someone who follows like a disciple is just someone who follows Jesus is transformed by Jesus and proclaims his greatness to the world around them. So, Again, pretty simple guy, pretty simple answer. Um, so I think um, I have a lot of friends who are really great theologians. I happen to have a theology degree, but I wouldn't call myself much of a theologian. I think in a real practical sense, I would call myself a practitioner. And so I think that's what it's about. So it's about first coming to coming to the point where Jesus is the leader and forgiver of your life. And then secondarily, 
just that, right? Just those few things about um, make, making sure that, you know, am I transformed? Yes. Am I proclaiming his greatness to people around me? Yes. And then really practically, it just means laying down my day, yeah. right? Like I literally, I, I can't start my day uh, properly. And I've, I've done it. It doesn't go very well. It's not, it's a very rare day that I'm not, I don't take time in the morning to really make sure my, my true North is set in um, reading the Bible, praying for not only family, um, but also for the things in my calendar for that day. Mm. Uh, I'm big on that and, and big issues going on. Um, Journaling is usually a part of that too. Um, and then really just a God dependence there. You know, I, I think about one of the challenges that, I'm not even sure where I heard it because um, I'm, I'm pretty, you, you've heard me say this before, but I'm pretty well convinced I've never had an original idea. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I probably heard this somewhere, but a lot of times when I go to bed, Chris and I will pray and I'll ponder, God, could I have done today without you? And if the answer is yes, then I, I did. Mm. Uh, and so that, that center, that core um, is not, I'm not in the right, you know, today, if I, if I do that, you know, tonight, actually, I'm confident I can say that I couldn't have done today without him. Mm. And so, uh, today's, today's a really successful day for that. There you go. I, I was going to, I didn't plan on asking you this, but as you were talking about the foundation and rock solid, um, rock solid foundation, when the storms come and rains come and, and all that, um, I know that, um, that you've, you've had some storms, you've had, you know, friends and situations and business and, um, have, I guess some of the questions more, how have you, you know, worked through those crazy storms? Like you've had them, you know? Yeah. Um, and it would just yeah. maybe like elaborate on some of those storms and how you maybe mm. cling closer or what you did during those times. Yeah. I, yeah, we're pretty open. Chris and I both pretty open about sharing about those things. And, you know, we've had some tough losses in our life, um, had challenging business seasons that ended up great, but the, the losses of, of friends and family that, uh, that are like family that you can't, you can't replace. And I got to tell you, it's two things. One, and Kristen really does a great job simplifying terms for me that are like super, um, concentrated, right? So a lot of, you know, I'll use too many words. She'll say a few and make more sense. <laughs> Um, cause she's really smart like that. Uh, she said, you have two choices in those situations. You can either run to the Lord or you can run from him. And so as family in those situations, um, we chose to run to him and in our, in our, in our prayer, you'll find this in Proverbs. It says, um, above all else, guard your heart for is the wellspring of life. And that's really been a central, central verse in any trial that we've worked and navigated in our lives. And what I know is that what the Lord wants from us is a tender heart. And that means it, it's okay to hurt. Um, it's okay to get angry, but I can also tell if I'm, if like, you know, as a guy, like here's a, for instance, uh, I'm a pretty tender hearted person and I tear up easily. And if I, if I go through a Sunday at church and, and through worship and don't tear up a little bit, it's like, mm, check the heart. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not connecting. So practically, how do we go through it? I think it was that reminder and also remembering to uh, uh, probably the toughest personal situation we went to in the loss of a friend and his whole family in a really difficult situation um, that affected so many people was, was uh, <clears throat> a couple things. One is I, I heard someone say the other day, when you, when you can't see God's hands, trust his heart. Um, and what that meant to me also was that 
um, in really difficult situations, uh, I know this, God does, God does not want to waste pain. And so the pain that we go through a lot of times, although not explainable or could have, you know, been caused by evil, terrible things, um, he wants, he wants to use it for his good. So that's, that's really up to me. So the deeper the hurt, the more good should come from it. Man. It's like writing voraciously. <laughs> so much good stuff, Mike. Wow. Yeah. God doesn't waste the pain. I remember um, a few friends have gone through cancer as a book. Um, don't waste your cancer and don't waste your, I think there's some other subtitles. Don't waste your life was I think another one. Um, yeah. Piper. Uh, yeah. So the audience hasn't read that one. Get ready. Put your seatbelt on. That's a great one. Yeah. Maybe we'll have. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we got this rock solid foundation, inner circle, you and God, next circle, you and Kristen, uh, role as a husband, rock solid living as a, as a husband. What does that, what does that look like? Yeah. When you, when you look at Ephesians five, you know, <clears throat> a lot of times people run to the end of that and talk about, Hey, you know, we're one flesh. It's a profound mystery. It's the, it's the gospel that you're seeing there. And yes, that's true. But I think, man, I really appreciate Tim Keller's got a book called the meaning of marriage. Um, that he, his wife, uh, helped write that too. And, um, and I was really challenged in there. When you look at, when you look at Ephesians five, particularly, I think in verse, it's verse 25, mm -hmm. uh, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. And then it's interesting. Like a lot of times we'll say like, yeah, yeah. Love your, love your wife. Like Christ loved the church. That means lay your life down. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's a lot uh, to consider. But then he goes on to say something that I think I, I often, um, I think till really Tim and his wife brought to, or the Lord brought to my attention through them. And it goes on to, to say, gave himself up for her, making her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless. And I'm like, whoa. Like, you know, sure, you know, we know that scripture reminds us to leave and cleave and that our wife should be our first priority after Christ. And I'll just, I'll just pause to say this. I'm really grateful for my parents, although they don't know Jesus yet. Um, they demonstrated this really well. It was super clear in my house grown up that, um, we as kids were not, were not the first relationship in my dad's life. We, we were second. And, that was the healthiest thing that my parents could have ever done for me outside of talking to me about Jesus. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, everyone's seen time second videos. They used to be super popular. Right. And, and Kristen and I will go places and they're like, yeah, it's so cool. You two clearly keep each other first. And Kristen will go, no, 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 we're second. And that's just the truth. So I would, mm -hmm. so, so a couple of things that I know and I've seen, and I had some, even some sad encounters with some friends, recently that when if if the order is wrong so jesus you can have jesus in the middle and that's really good but if your kids are before your relationship with your wife it doesn't work because your kids will move on and that we'll talk about that orbit in a minute so the first orbit is is this idea of this relationship with jesus and then literally our wife is like on top of it and maybe a tight really tight orbit around there that's happening a lot right in every encounter that we have mm -hmm. um and so I would just say that, you know, some people say like, Hey, you know, um, family first, you know, like, well, what do you mean by that? Oh, my kids are first. 
for me. Uh, I've heard people say it all the time. I'm like, yeah. oh, protect yourself against that. Because if your kids, if your kids are before Jesus or before your wife, it's the wrong order. Your kids are part of your, your family. Um, and I remember even when Will was born, I shocked the doctor because they, you know, Will, this redhead takes this big breath and, and I didn't know he was going to have red hair. So that was a little shocking. Um, and uh, I said, welcome to the team kid. And literally the doctor said, what do you mean by that? And uh, I literally got to talk about how the Lord's first and then Kristen. And now this little guy is, has, has joined the group. Um, but so I don't know. how did you, when the four boys, you know, pretty tight in age, you know, not, not a super big gap between them, but you know, how did you, practically you and Kristen practically do that in the midst of sports and activities and all that stuff. Yeah. A few things. Um, one is it wasn't always perfect, but there was always effort to it towards it. So mm -hmm. that's what I would say first. Um, so Kristen and I made it really clear that we would make sure that we would connect with one another. So, you know, I grew up in an era earliest days of our marriage. There weren't cell phones. Well, if there was, they were a buck 50 a minute, right? Actually buck yeah. 35 a minute. Um, and so they weren't real practical, but we made sure that we always caught up with one another first um, on whatever was going on. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a priority. Um, simple little things like when you walk into a room and it's got your kids in it or other people in it, hug your wife and say hello first. Mm -hmm. um, date nights matter time, you know, weekends away matter. They were really sometimes hard, really hard to fit in. Yeah. And, um, we made those a priority early in our marriage. <clears throat> and, um, and so it just, it just kind of became part of our rhythm over time that like, yeah, we are going to be, I am going to be a little bit selfish if, if you with one another with, with the kiddos. Um, I think the, the difference there was that, you know, so our kids were busy, right? They all did sports. They were all involved with church things. Um, may have done choir or extracurricular, extracurricular things too. Um, we limited that a bit with our kids. We wanted them to have lots of opportunity to experience lots of things. But by the time they got to high school, they had tried most of everything that they wanted to try. Yeah. And our, our rule at our house was we were a two sport family with the exception of Mikey, who's our fourth who went through COVID and we let him do more. Cause it was, you know, he was stuck at home with us during, yeah. COVID. we kind of let that one, we let that horse run free um, with, with his extracurriculars. But with the other kids, it was, it was a two, two seasons. That's it. Mm. Um, which was a hard choice for them because they loved every sport. Mm. Quite frankly, I do too. Um, but it was a discipline that even with that, we felt like our kids were super busy, but in the midst of all of that, we, Chris and I always made sure that we prioritized time with one another um, and really um, and doing ministry together. I think I've mentioned that too. Um, oh, yeah. I love that you guys do that. You guys are yeah, we, as one, you know, we have, and, and there's been seasons where we haven't and in the seat where, you know, where she'll be doing her thing with ladies and I'll be doing my thing with guys and I'm like, ah, mm -hmm. I don't, let's find ways to do that together. So our, our, our healthiest seasons have always been when we're doing ministry together. Yeah. Um, so well, you yeah. shared something at, um, and at the retreat, um, I wrote it out as FDI, uh, at familiarity deserves intentionality. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that's, you were talking about this, the effort, like maybe the time was lopsided during those crazy, you know, the intense years of everybody at home doing all kinds of stuff, but yeah. the effort or the mindset was there. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, 
Is that right? Did I get it right? From yeah, yeah, you, you, you nailed it. Um, it, it just, uh, here, here's what I'm thinking about when you say that is that, you know, that really came out of being convicted with something that happened at work. I realized <clears throat> that there are certain people in our office when I travel to Jacksonville or home offices that I only see once a month mm-hmm. and I see them for 30 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe two, maybe five. Yeah. Um, and I'm really intentional about, okay, what's going on with them? Am I super dialed in with them when I walk into that, that meeting space that they're in? And um, I want to, I want to support and care for them and love them well as we're, we should. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, wait a minute. I was really, <laughs> and that's where this orbit thing came yeah. from. Right. That's where Wait the familiarity second. came from. We've got, <laughs> Jesus, we've got our wife spinning super close and then our kids are orbiting, are, are, are orbiting really close at first too. So it's lots of touches over and over and over and over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think about how intentional I was, I am about Kyle and the QA team at the Paul Davis restoration office, right. The home, yeah. at the, the home office. And, and I go, boy, Every time I walk by Kristen, if I had that just any level of intentionality compared to what I do with the team that I only see once a month, what would happen? And and Kristen and I have really been been convicted and watched over time that the the most the deepest impact we have in one another's life, um, and even in our relationship with the Lord and with our kids, happens in the ordinary day. And so the familiar things that we're going by often all the time, yeah. but it deserves that intentionality. And that's where that familiarity deserves intentionality. Like, let's not be roommates with our wives or housemates with our kids. Let's be dialed in. And it doesn't have to be a big event, right? It can literally be like, hey, how was how did it go today? You know, what it, did God show anything today? Like anybody you prayed for today while you're walking by them or filling up water in the fridge, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be this big so, sit down and theological discussion at the table. Yeah. And that, that kind of goes along with Kristen and I, and I would, and she's very similar in this, like we're absolutely practitioners. Um, so it's just like, as we are going, we're talking about these things. So the familiarity, but making sure the familiarity and time together doesn't have to be overly serious, but you can yeah. joke around and have a great time. But spend just a couple minutes going, you know, looking eyeball to eyeball and say, how, how are you? Right. Yeah. 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 That, that perspective, that, that gratitude is easy just to kind of take it for granted because it's there. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you really can, because when you, you know, and, and that really leads to, um, for me with, you know, husband and wives to not be, um, me or you. There's none of that. Like it, it really needs to become us and we um, all the time. And um, and that's a big deal. Yeah. And so, look, we, we've only been at this a little over, you know, 29 and a half years, right? There's people way ahead of us in life that I respect. And we've got, I've got lots of learning to do. But I will tell you, Nick, the, the thing that I see often, it's really sad, um, is that I see divorces happen at year three, year seven, and then there's this big gap to somewhere between 22 and 28 years of marriage mm-hmm. where the kids, where the kids leave. And it's all because this order is, and I shouldn't say all, there's not enough intentionality put of keeping the orbits in the right, in the right place. Yeah. And so, um, and that's tough. Where'd you get this idea of the orbits? I have no idea. <laughs> it just <laughs> made sense to you. <laughs> I don't know. Well, actually, it's interesting. Actually, you know what? You know where the idea came from? I realized that in, in, there was some some relational stuff as we were we were working in an organization it was really having great fruit. 
And we long to have a tighter relationship uh, with with folks that were a couple folks in leadership around us. And I realized like I, I, I would I said, well, I like to orbit really close. Right. So meaning like for, like it's, someone would say, this is the closest friend I've got. I'm like, oh, my word, I only talk to you like once a month. Mm. Like what's a close friend do as a, you know, for me, it'd be once a week. Right. For Kristen, it might be once a day. Yeah. Right, relationally. So we, we're we tight orbit people. And so that kind of started the idea of like, what's, what's that mean? Like when someone says, Hey, this is my close friend, Nick, what does it look like? It doesn't mean you're not close because you don't interact often, but the tightest of relationships, I feel like orbit the closest to our heart maybe. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's, I think that's where that originated from. Cause I'm, I don't know if it's an original idea, but it's definitely something that's been on my heart for a lot of years. We could go on and on about the man role as a disciple, role as a husband. Um, but we got to get some of the fatherhood and get fantastic children. Um, they're just, when I look at your guys' relationship with your kids and just who they are, mm. um, yeah, it's just something that Nancy and I aspire to to be like. So lay it on us, brother. What's the, how do we do it? What's the secret sauce? You got me emotional there. Um, <laughs> this video on, uh, <laughs> I don't have a tear going down my cheek, but it's close. Um, <clears throat> I would say two, th- two things that I'm really incredibly grateful for. One is that God has, has really pressed into my heart that um, hmm, the, the orbit around our wife never changes and our kids' orbits start really close and we want to keep them all little and cute and you know, yeah. all that stuff. And, and they grow Please. up, they have lives, right? <laughs> like that's what we want, right? We want them to have these great lives and do great things for the kingdom. But I would say with our kids, um, you know, we've, we've, we've made lots of mistakes, but second Corinthians three, two to three says that um, you yourselves are a letter written in our hearts, known and read by everyone. Mm. And it's like, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, that's some, that's something to think about, right? Not that we need to be perfect, but the kids are reading, the, our kids are reading our life story day after day in that ordinary day and in the special moments. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, we really think about that a lot. For Kristen and I, um, really, before we were married, we were praying for our boys and we didn't, you know, for our kids. Then, our, then you know, we had no idea if we had Mari at that point. And we're so grateful for her. But we always did want to adopt, which so this is, it's really kind of a fun story for another time. But um, so I think. We, we started out in the earliest of days um, praying for our grandkids. Um, and the reason that we did that was both of us came from what, what we refer to as, you know, first generation believers. There's, there's people of great faith in our family, but I think really at, at the point where Jesus is stated leader and forgive of our life, we were first generation. And so we would know that our kids, um, we're really serious about their faith when they start to pass it along. So our little, our little man, Oaks, Will and Mackenzie's uh, little one um, is learning about Jesus. And that brings incredible joy to our hearts. And, and so when I think about Proverbs reminding us that, you know, again, book of wisdom, right? Not a book of promises that we're start our children off in the way they should go. And they're old, they won't depart from it. And I think the point there is not so much that, um, that's a promise, but that's what we should be doing, right? Like we should be our kids' first teachers, not the school, not the government, not our church. Yeah. And we we need to teach them how to be respect, respectful and 
you know, be, be, be missionary mm-hmm. in how they live their lives. And so, um, yeah, I think with our guys, we, we definitely, uh, focus on, Hey, get time with God. Let's learn. Let's put ourselves, uh, in, 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 in front of scripture and the Holy mm-hmm. spirit. Um, and Bible study really matters, but Bible doing matters more. And I think that's the whole idea of Deuteronomy six talking about, you know, as we are going, um, you know, sitting down, walking along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, um, be talking to your kids about Jesus and what it means and be praying for people as you go by. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I think that's just a, just a few things. The other thing I would say, actually, somebody forwarded me a Wall Street Journal article once, which was very interesting, that talked about um, kids from fa- from Christian families who stay in their faith. And the article basically, and it wasn't written by a believer as far as I know, um, stated that the kids that, that walk in their faith, walk in their faith because they saw their parents take risks for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I think that matters. If we're just a, if we're just a church going family that doesn't risk for the sake of the gospel, meaning I think more of that probably in our space, um, that probably means relational risk, like really having a missional heart to live out Jesus's, um, mission statement of that. He came to seek and save the lost. Like, let's mm-hmm. go, let's go show people Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids don't, our kids will emulate what they see. Mm. So, um, good and bad. So there's some bad stuff in there, but I think, you know, Chris and I have always had that heart. So, well, you mentioned, I I wrote one of my notes from your talk was to put your kids in situations where they have to see God work. Yeah. Is that what you meant by this? Yeah. 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 Um, It's interesting. Um, There's a book out called the barbarian way. I read it a long time ago and in the book uh, and, and even, even the guy that wrote it, I don't, I don't subscribe to all of his theologies, but I definitely agree with this. Mm-hmm. His daughter was sitting there, sitting at the kitchen table one night and his daughter said, Hey dad, she said, yeah. She goes, would you intentionally put us in harm's way for the sake of the gospel? And he very quickly without it, without a hesitation said, yes. And she, without hesitation said, good. Oh. And, and I think, I think that's what's often missing in our walk with the Lord is that, um, this is going to sound very unspiritual, but that sense of adventure I think yeah. is missing is missing in a lot of Christian homes. Hmm. Like it's like you know, don't don't chew, you know, uh, don't smoke, don't chew, don't date girls that do kind of thing. Like here's the rules, follow them. It's like no, I want to be dangerous. Like in our house, we we call it like hmm. being a rebel for the cause of love, right? Hmm. Like like do something a little crazy, like take some risks with people and watch what happens. Like you know, look at some of our kids who who have been able to navigate college careers without getting involved in drinking, but loving their friends really well and not being weird about their faith, but seeing the the fruit of people coming to faith in Christ and all that kind of stuff. And I'm so proud of them for that because um, that is courageous. Yeah. That's, that's dangerous in the world of America for the sake of the gospel. And so that I think exposing our kids to, to things that are uncomfortable, um, whether that's, um, you know, you're in a very comfortable house and it's it's helping under-resourced folks or it's going to a third world country to to work and share the gospel there, but not just to feed people, but to tell them why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of components to that, but um, yeah. Got my, got my wheels flying again, like just like it was at the retreat. But do you think you got, do you think your kids got that courage and confidence from seeing you and Kristen in action or did they just kind of have it? 
I think it's the Holy Spirit, to be honest. Um, I didn't, I, I think it, I think it helped that we're willing to model it. I think our, our desire for our kids is always to um, be more brave, be more courageous, um, be deeper in worship than we've ever been. Mm. Um, go and further. We, yeah. And we tell them that go further, go faster and not in a performance way, like not, not just let it, let it all hang out there for the sake yeah. of the gospel, see what happens. And, and I think we've, I think what we've done there is we've allowed it. I think one of the things too, is that like our house has always been a place that was full of students, you know, that a lot of them are gone now, but even, even now, like there'll be a UFC fight on, I'll get a call from one, from one of our college guys saying, Hey dad, can will you sponsor the fight tonight? I'm like, yeah, bring them all over. Right. And now suddenly there's 10 or 12 guys in their early twenties hanging out in the basement. And we're all watching the UFC fights. Right. Awesome. Um, and, and, and we're being normal. Right. But, but it leads to these really cool conversations. Mm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I think it's modeling and celebrating when they are willing to take those risks mm-hmm. and um, kind of giving them permission to win and, and fail. So failing's okay too. Awesome. Man, so many good things. Well, one, one thing I took away, um, well, I'll let you do your, your section first, then I'll, I'll share what I, what I want to share with you later. But um, you did this awesome section kind of looking back, like, mm-hmm. um, it was like, I'm thankful that I wish I had done this differently. I wish I'd done more of this. So can we just do like a quick, like rapid fire on that? Yeah. Yeah, man. You going to keep it together? I, I'm going to do my best. No emotion. <laughs> so, so I would say this, like, here's why, here's why this is so impactful right now is yeah. that the, the center is Jesus. The closest orbit we have is our wife. Our kids start in this really tight orbit and then they grow up. And yeah. the orbit gets further and we love them just the same. And we think about them all the time and we, we pray for them all the time. And you'll, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have, mm-hmm. right. I wish I had done more of this. And so, so yeah, I think, and I can, I can, I'll rattle them off real quick. I actually have them. I know I pulled it up on my screen. So I don't, don't miss Perfect. some of these, but just to hit, so, so to hit these, like I wish I would as a disciple, right. So, so hitting the different roles, I wish I had journaled more. Um, because there's a lot of things I missed. I wish I'd memorized more scripture. Good news is I have time and all these. I wish I had gotten involved with more Ben and uh, more men in a, a Paul and Barnabas way early, um, earliest days of my walk with the Lord. I, I, I early days in high school had it, college kind of had it. Earliest professional days I didn't pursue it hard enough, and I, I wish I did. And CBMC was a big part of helping me figure that out and continue to do that. As a husband, I wish I had more extended, extended prayer time with Kristen. We pray a lot, but extended time, we, the extended time that we've had is just sweet and great. Um, early on, I was I would buy these devotional books and we do like a two weeks of it. And then I would just fall away from it and just, you know, ask her about um, how her walk was. And then, then, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll have the awkward conversation, you know, no, now earlier in our, early in our life. So for guys that are early in their marriages, I would tell you, have more conversations about improving your physical, physical intimacy with your wife, ask her, tell her, find out, have real raw conversations about that. Um, because that was very helpful for us. And it came from, it's a cool story how we got there, but, um, I'm really thankful that that started some different conversations. And then I, I wish, I wish I had been a man of action earlier in our marriage um, on little things, mm. little things are big things. So, uh, and, and what I wrote down here, what there was a tiny little thing that needed to be done at the house and the kids were young. So we'd already been married probably 
four or five years at this point. I can't remember exactly when. And Kristen, in a gentle tone, she didn't mean this passive aggressively. It could come across like it sounds like it is. Excuse me. But she she said, hey, when it's important enough to you, you'll, you'll get it done. Like, I understand it's not important to you right now, but when you're ready, it would be awesome to get that done. But it, it, it hit me like a hundred pound brick, right? And I'm like, oof. So, and then as a dad, um, things I wish I would have done differently. I wish I, even though we were really focused on parenting the heart, I wish I had done a little better. I wish I'd done a better job there. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly around uh, coaching our boys in sports. Um, I think I was about performance sometimes more than I was uh, being a good sport and just doing it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. Um, Even even though we focused on a gospel centric home, a little more theological training, I think would have been good. I think I, I put our kids in situations where they could learn, but we could have done more of that at home. You know, they read papers I wrote and we stuff like that when I was getting my theology degree, but um, that would have been, been helpful. Um, I think the other big thing I would say here, I'll skip over a few things is just slow down, Mike. I don't slow down easy anyways, but just slow down. Like just, just stop, put stuff away. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay to talk about almost nothing. Yeah. Um, I think when I look at, so it's kind of a, to me, it's, I wish I had done more. Um, I wish I had done differently. Like I did it wrong. And then there's some things I was thankful for. I think the things I would have done differently um, early in my walk with the Lord, I, I really wished I had been more gentle about my faith with my parents. Mm. Um, I wasn't, I was pretty, pretty, blunt about what was going on there. I wish I had approached that more like Jesus uh, did walk alongside them and, and uh, introduce them to Jesus versus kind of lecture at. Mm. Um, And then one of my very favorite things is talking about Jesus through the marketplace. But even though I love the Lord, I didn't learn how to do that really well until I I, I got to know CBMC and learn how to be a, a, a Christian who happened to be a business guy instead of a Christian or business guy who happened to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a husband, uh, I, I wish I had uh, been more patient with Kristen when I, when our kids were really young, um, I needed more mentors there. Like, woof, this woman is, is keeping a child alive and has a, as a, you know, one and a half year old running, running around the house or two year old running around the house crazy. And there's, you know, she didn't, she didn't have a lot left. I, I wish I had loved better she would say I, I did, but I would tell you from my, from my own heart, I wish I had been more compassionate there. Um, and uh, gosh, there's so many things I could say here. Oh, okay. Yeah. One more on that. Um, I wish I had loved Kristen better in public, big public settings. I mean, she could have had the t-shirt that said like, I don't know where Mike is, right? Like in a big crowd, I'm, I'm gregarious. Right. So I, I like to meet everybody and have conversations with everybody. And sometimes um, I would leave her behind and it's, it's still something I have to be careful of on date night. Sometimes we have a uh, meet nobody tonight um, rules. So Just that's you too. I'm yeah. conscious of uh, <laughs> as, as, as a dad. Um, I think uh, I talked about the being more gracious in their early years around sports, especially I think, and I think I, even though I love that we had a lot of variety around holidays, I wish, I had held some things a little bit tighter as we moved along in the years. Hmm. Um, we're like, no, we're not going anywhere for this Christmas Eve. Cause this is what we do on Christmas Eve. Um, I wanted to always go, well, I want to love our family wherever they are. And so by doing that, the tradition was that there wasn't a tradition. Hmm. So that was something I'm, 
thankful for. And I've got a, I got a whole list of things no. for, but those are probably the ones that matter most. To yeah. Me, is no, that's, where did I drop the ball? It's right? really good. So, so many really good things. And when you were, um, when you were on this topic at the retreat, you were talking about your years, um, like conducting funerals and, yeah. um, the thing that broke your heart was that people never told people how they felt about them. And then they're reading this letter to a, you know, empty, you know, to the corpse. Yeah. It's like, so I actually encouraged me to schedule like a four hour chunk of my, in my, in my schedule to literally write letters to yeah. the people that are in my closest orbit, you know? And, um, that's cool. So thank you. Thanks for that little, yeah. little bit big thing, you know, just, uh, I think they know, but put it in words, you know, it's a different deal. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, Mike did so good. Um, I feel like I have me super equipped to be, um, closer to God, closer to Nancy, closer to the boys. And, um, yeah, just, you know, thank you for sharpening up, uh, myself and all the other ISI guys. You guys are sure you guys sharpen me. I, I leave <laughs> every time I'm with you and other guys around there just feel like, oof, I got, I got plenty to work on by encouraged yeah. to, you know, to run faster. So thanks. Yeah, hopefully it's both ways. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, would you close us down in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, Lord, thanks that you are on the throne. Thank you that you're a God that we can trust. You're a God that we can lean on. You're a God who is, is big enough. Um, thanks that you, you are the same as you today, as you were yesterday and you, and you will be tomorrow. Um, just incredibly grateful for that truth. God, I, I pray that you would, um, help us to be humble enough to realize, um, always that you need to be first and that we need to love our wives as you love us. And we need to be really careful um, <laughs> that, that that familiarity does deserve intentionality um, with you first, with our wives, with our kids, with those that we're in, in contact with most. And God, I know that as I, as I, as I ponder, um, you know, what, what, what matters so much in life. I, I think about uh third John, you know, versus, versus one four that says, I have, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in truth. And I, I, I pray that for every man uh, that, that listens today. And just to know that I, I'm far from figuring it out, Lord, I just know that you're up to great things. Um, I pray that um, we would realize that we are ambassadors for you. And so God, as we're walking, I pray that we would just magnify you. I pray that we would be faithful. I pray that we would be part of making you known. Um, thanks for the privilege it is to, to sit at your feet, to worship you. I pray God that at, at the end, at the end of our days, we will be grateful um, for the relationships that we have, that you would remind us that it's us that presents our wife to you. And it's our responsibility to raise our kids and love them well um, and to introduce them to you. And Lord, would they, would they walk with you? And if they're not right now, God, I pray that you would draw them back. Um, thanks for the opportunity to know you, to serve you, to love you, and to be a part of a world that desperately needs you. Jesus, thanks that we don't have to show people us. We get to show people you. Thanks for ISI. I pray that you just bless this ministry and those that are involved. God, would it would it encourage us um, as you're at the center to live out those all the all the F's really well um, for the sake of your kingdom um, alone. Thanks, Jesus, for who you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike. Uh, so much awesome stuff there. For, to see everything um, for this podcast and others, you can head over to the ISILife.com. That's where we host all of the podcasts. We have all the show notes, the links to various books, things that we may have discussed, or maybe you want to catch um, just more details on other topics from all of the former speakers that we've had. Uh, it also has details on our upcoming retreats. If you want to spend 24 hours with us at one of our upcoming retreats in 2024, we'd love to have you. But um, just uh, a few things that you know I got from Mike's conversation. Um, one is the idea of those orbits and like that number one, that foundation is the closest orbit with you and God and how you know you have to be intentional about that relationship and then marriage and then kids uh, we've heard this multiple times over actually in our last stay sharp saturday that we that we did uh chad johnson talked about the same thing so a common theme that's emerging within the isi network is just kind of getting those orbits in order uh, and layering them on in the appropriate way just like you would build a house um i love the idea of it's not you know me and you it's us and we when it comes to our marriage or our family just having that mindset is a really super awesome one and um you know that you can't see god's hands but you can trust his heart and you can't always see what's going on but you can trust that his heart is pure uh and that god doesn't waste pain if you're going through something challenging um look for the good in it god's not going to waste it he mentioned a, an author in a book uh, john piper called don't waste your life there's other ones don't waste your cancer so there's some really good good nuggets in there um mike just brings a lot of wisdom when it comes to his faith his relationship with Kristen his relationship with with all their kids uh the four boys and mari just amazing guy and uh, these are the kind of people that we're so fortunate that bless us with coming out and speaking to us so um i hope this uh, podcast is encouraging to you pray that you can share it with somebody else that maybe needs some encouraging and hopefully we can see you at one of our upcoming retreats soon stay sharp and god bless